For the first time ever, I'm saying welcome to Kettlebells and Cocktails with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm so good. I only The only mess up I made is not coming to this meeting with my allotted four ounces of dark beer. I have, I have my cocktail, which you can't you see because I've got the backdrop, but yeah, I'm, I've, I thought it would be most appropriate for our first episode to have the most basic of seltzer <gasps> drinks possible. A claw? So, uh, actually, no, this is even worse. It's a, <laughs> it's not even a white claw. That's how basic this is. I, um, this is a long story, but I went to a funeral tonight and it was a celebration of life and they had a nice. full open bar. I had no intent on drinking, but there's an open bar. So I'm like, all right, I'm in. I mean, you, know? you got it. And, no. you know, I'm going to celebrate this guy's life with some wine. And yeah. so I have a glass of wine. And then I'm going to ride home. I'm like, I'm doing the podcast with Nikki. I don't have any alcohol in the house. So I'll stop and I'll, I'll get some beer or a bottle of wine. And there's a convenience store in the corner. And they don't have shit. They don't have anything worth drinking. And I'm looking in their fridge. And I have all these seltzers. And it's Trulies and the Claw. Yes. And I wanted, a, I wanted a mixture. I, I wanted a variety pack. I didn't want one flavor of the claw. So okay. I just, and this is unsponsored. If, if Gordon wants to sponsor us, this is Hell's Seltzer, Hell's Kitchen inspired hard seltzer. What? Yes, it's a Gordon Ramsay seltzer. And this one's called That's Forked. And it's, uh, it's actually pretty good, but it is the most basic, basic bee drink ever key lime, vanilla, and graham. And you know what? It tastes like a key lime pie, and it's <gasps> damn good. Really? I would try. Yes. I've never heard it. See, I've been out of the drinking game for nine months. And so I don't even know when there's new seltzers and I 10 out of 10 will try that. I don't really drink seltzers, but I didn't want something heavy. They're perfect for that. I know. Highly recommend. Listen, so. chuggy people, i.e. basic bitches. We like what we like for <laughs> a reason. Like there is always the good intention behind it. Well, I am, I am the most basic of bitches tonight. There's no doubt about it, but it's good. I like it. So I'm chilling and I'm here with my bestie again. How's the baby? Um, great. He is, uh, officially, he gained two pounds or over two pounds in his first three weeks home. Wow. Me too. Good for him. So, um, that's a big deal just because he was born kind of small. Um, and it also means that I'm now just Nikki's dairy farm. Uh, (laughs) welcome. Welcome to the milk show. Hey, whatever. Well, he's getting big. That's good. He is. Yeah, he is. And he's, um, he's cluster feeding right now because he's like in a growth spurt. Yeah. That, what does that mean? That's like, I have people, no idea what that means. What's that? You mean? know what? They make up the stupidest, like cutesy names for shit that really sucks when you have a newborn. <laughs> cluster feeding is when like newborns eat every two to three hours normally, but if they're in a growth spurt, they eat way more often than that. So like right now for the last day, he's been eating every 40 ish minutes. Oh, okay. So fun overnight. Yeah. So fun at nighttime. Sounds like me after a really long workout. Totally. Totally. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's been a little rough on the sleep front, but other than that, um, he's doing great. I'm doing great. I'm happy to report that I'm very slowly, but surely, uh, getting over all of the anxiety and hormonal roller coaster that is, uh, postpartum. And I got a ton of really great supportive suite and also, um, commiserating messages after our last show. So, um, I love hearing it. I love, thank you to everyone who reached out. Um, and thank you to the people who thanked us for just talking about that kind of stuff on the air. Um, and I just, I'm, I'm glad to notice 
how different all of our experiences are. And yet right. what a shared experience this is. It's crazy. It's funny. I got so many messages from people saying, Hey, thanks for talking about yeah. they, and they kept saying mental illness. I'm like, I don't remember talking about mental illness, but I guess we did. Um, but I think they were just, you know, excited that someone within the community is talking about something other than just doing thrusters and burpees. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, talking which about is also a mental illness in and of yeah, itself. <laughs> well, CrossFit is absolutely a disorder. I don't know if it's a mental yeah. illness, but it's definitely a disorder. Um, yeah. But no, I think it's important to talk about that stuff. Yeah. I think the stigma of not talking about it's the worst part. And so I think yeah. that's what resonated yeah. at least what I was getting from the DMS from people that just resonated that somebody was willing to actually talk about the things maybe they had gone through. So, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the, like, I can't believe no one warned us about this shit. Like, yeah, I totally agree. I did. <laughs> you definitely did. did. You did. And it's hard. Like I, I said this in the last show, but it's hard to understand that it's a spectrum of emotions and it's not just the one thing. Like people talk about postpartum depression. Like it's the one thing, watch out for the thing. And if you get the thing, treat the thing, like it's the clap. You know, make sure you don't get it. And if you get it, treat it. And I like went into pregnancy being like, okay, I'll be on the lookout. (laughs) And then, you know, you just, you just don't know until you're there that it's this huge wave of emotion. I'd like to say I've, I've been around postpartum depression, but I've never been around the clap, Nikki. So quit making that reference because people will think, oh, Wooly knows what the clap's like. Oh, he knows. knows. That's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> um, but no, so we're all we are all good in this house. Matt went back to work. Did he? Yeah. Is he, is he excited or sad? People, men have different reactions to that. He uh, he hates it. He like misses the baby, and he's working from home, <laughs> so well, he's just in the other room. Did uh, did he did he get paternity time? He took three weeks unpaid, so his company doesn't offer paternity, but the state of Rhode Island offers like a caregivers type thing where yeah. they give you a small percentage of what you earn. So like the state gave him a very small amount of money for three weeks. And <laughs> since it's all bureaucracy, Lord right. knows when we'll see that money. Yeah. Well, but I'm always interested which companies do and like my company gives time. Does it? Like how much? Three weeks, but nice. it's, paid, it's paid time off and yeah. for the men. And then, you know, women get 12, uh, yeah. get 12. And it's, it's always very weird to me, um, the stigma that comes with it when a man goes, I'm going to take three weeks off of how other people look down on them for that. And, <sighs> and it's, um, it's just weird. And I think that's just corporate business. I mean, you know, I'm in like knee deep in corporate America and it's been yep. that way my whole career. And it's kind of sad to me. Like I didn't, I didn't have that benefit when I was having kids and I wish I had, you know, yeah. but looking back on it, I think I would have been nervous to take it had I not had a boss that had been understanding, you know, that's so disappointing. And that ruins the point of it. Like if, if you have all this available time off, but then you're nervous to take it, then like something's wrong with this. Well, setup. I don't know if they're nervous to take it as much as there's just like, there's just a stigma attached. And, yeah. You know, like I, you know, I, like I had a, a colleague that works for me that his wife just had a baby and he took it off and I was excited for him. Like, yeah. and, you know, like we, we sent him a onesie and a little yeah. gift packet and, you know, try to do all that. Cause I, you know, I think you should celebrate that stuff and not make, you know, dudes feel weird for taking time off to be with their spouse. Like no. that's when their spouse needs them most. It's just unfortunate. I think that, and maybe this is just an American thing, but just that, you know, U.S. business looks so down on men for taking mm-hmm. time off to be with their families, you know? 
Yeah, it's definitely a U.S. thing. It doesn't happen. Other countries have awesome maternity and paternity. I think in Iceland, both parents get a year off. Unbelievable and necessary. Um, But I also think it's like a generational thing, right? Because so many people in corporate positions that are making those types of decisions are like, you know, my dad's age and older who were not expected to back then uh, be nearly as involved or take time off or whatever. So like when Matt told his boss, he was taking time off. His boss was like, Oh wow. Like when I had kids, I took like two days and it was just different. He was just like, Oh, okay. Like this is different than what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Boomer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I hope all that shifts over time. You know, it's Mm -hmm. funny. I think the pandemic's going to change and is changing the way corporate America looks at uh, people taking time off and what that means and, and how we recruit and benefits we give people and, yeah. and, you know, the work-life balance and all of that, you know, totally. so I'm, I'm hoping it brings a lot of changes for good, you know, in this case, in particularly like for Matt, I, I want him to feel good about the time he got off and, you know, you kind of yeah. want dudes to be regretful. They can't spend time with their families, you know, a little <sighs> bit like you want them to have that, you know, that sense of closeness. So, yeah. Yeah. And I needed him. Like I, I have said from the beginning, from when we were even in just the hospital, I don't know how there are some women that have to handle this on their own and that don't have the support of a husband or a partner of any kind or family nearby. Like I leaned on people in my life. I even like, even you, John, like leaned on you and texted you and you're not even nearby. Like I'm leaning on all sorts of people that I need right now. And if I didn't have him around and if he didn't quickly learn how to become a dad and a therapist and a super husband and whatever all at once, like I would have been in pieces. It would have sucked even more than it did. I mean, when my girls were little, my mom came up and Mm -hmm. my, my ex-wife, her family lives here, but you know, my family's in Mississippi and my mom came up for a few weeks and stayed with us and helped with the baby and and did all that. And, and uh, you know, looking back on it, you know, I'm, you know, same thing. I was young. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. You know, I didn't know how to, you know, they don't train you to take care of babies. You just have them. Like yeah. any, any jerk can have a kid. You uh-huh. Know? And uh-huh. I'm, I'm proof of that. I had too. <laughs> so my, um, my mom came down. So same thing. So Matt went back to work and she came down and she's going to stay with us for a couple of weeks to help. But I will say the one weird thing, because it's, I'm so close to my mom and I'm so happy and I feel so lucky to have her here, but I need to totally retrain her on how to take care of an infant because it's completely different. Like back in the day, like when I told her that like they sleep on their backs now, she was like, no, they don't. (laughs) And I was like, uh, yeah. And she was like, I put you to sleep on your stomach. And I'm like, you sure should put Mikey to sleep on his back. Lucky I lived. uh, Like they did everything, everything different when I was a baby. Like, you know, we tell, I, I don't know if I've told this story, I've ever to, told you a story about my mom having the car wreck when my oldest oh. sister was a baby. No. Yeah. What? So my older sister, Lori, who probably listens to the show, she may hear the story and God forgive me if I get this wrong and she'll send me text messages and correct <laughs> me. But basically here's the gist of it. Mom was driving this Volkswagen Beetle. So this would have been, Lori was, is four years older than me. She would have been born in 1966. She was an infant, so it would have been late 60s, right? And she's got Lori wrapped up in a blanket, laying in the back seat of the Volkswagen Beetle. No such thing as car seats. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, car seats mm-hmm. weren't a thing. They certainly weren't required. 
and mom's driving this thing totals the beetle totals it no. is in the hospital for weeks <gasps> your mom um, is get yeah. out Lori rolls into the floorboard and is perfectly fine perfectly fine yeah. i'm in shock yeah and mom was in the hospital for a while over that rock apparently i mean i wasn't even born yet so and and spoiler alert she was fine are um, you serious <laughs> but, oh my god and i distinctly remember i th- i think uh, I kind of got into a, in my story on this last week. I distinctly remember growing up. My dad had this, um, old Roy had this blue Ford. It was a Nova maybe or something. It had the big couch Hot. front seat. <laughs> yeah. You, know, yep. you remember those couch front seats? Totally. Totally. And I even rode in some of those when I was a kid. When I yeah. Well, in those days, old Roy was a smoker. He was a good smoker too. He, meaning he could blow smoke rings like across the uh, room and then blow smoke rings inside the smoke rings. Like, no, oh, yes, he was so, talented. I mean, smoking is gross, but also very cool. It was very talented. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I remember, I remember the smell of this car. Like it smelled like cigarettes and coffee because he had yeah. all these little, he ran a vending company and then a coffee service. And there are always these crumpled uh, coffee cups, paper coffee cups in the car. And cigarette butts you know because you smoked in the car like it was in you know in those days you just get the windows up like who cares yeah <laughs> but i remember driving in the front seat of this car standing up in the front seat of this car with you know one of them driving and if they have to hit the brakes they just give you that arm uh-huh. you know what i mean the one arm uh-huh. you know there's no seat belts and truthfully no one in my family wore seat belts until i got my driver's license so the first 15 years of my life were really 14 and a half because in Mississippi, you can get your driver's license at 15 in those days. Um, none of us wore seatbelts. And then I went to driving school and came home and like, all you guys are wearing seatbelts. People die from this. Mm-hmm. And everybody started wearing seatbelts. Yeah. yeah. No way. Way. You just got a little insight into my hillbilly raising. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's amazing we survived, truly. I have no idea how I lived through all I, that. My my mom today, she was in the nursery with me and she was just like admiring like how nice everything looks. And she was like, you know, you didn't have all this like really nice stuff because my family did not have any money when, when I was a kid. Um, just they were immigrants and just had nothing. And she said that the one thing that she ended up going out and buying and she was so proud of in my crib was like really pretty bumpers. And that's like... <laughs> the biggest no-no today <laughs> like you don't put right. bumpers on your crib like i look at pictures yeah. of myself when i was an infant big crib big plush bumpers and like 50 stuffed animals yeah. and me in and blankets and pillows like she was like, trying to suffocate you seriously you know? it's like i hope this kid doesn't make it i'm just gonna put some more shit in there it's gonna be great I was like every day i woke up and she was like damn it yeah she's still there oh oh, oh. But yeah, things change. So it's it's lovely to have her here. But now we're both figuring out how to mom uh, in twenty twenty one. And look, now I'm in the I'm in the club now. I have to say, Matt walked in and brought me a look how brought me a milk look stuff. how nice he is. I know. I, I, I don't um I don't remember cluster feeding. I with R two with Mira we bottle fed her with Megan she was breastfed, and um so I would get up with Mira. We had this deal. Max likes That's- to sleep. And so we had a deal. I was, I tried to be a good husband. I tried, I wasn't great at it, but I tried. And so I would get up in the middle of the night and feed the baby, you know, right. and like, you know, cause I was working during the day and she was staying home with the kids, you know? And so 
I would get up and I'd feed Mira and then I'd go back to bed and then I'd get up again and I'd watch sports center and I'd feed the baby and I put uh-huh. her in her swing and she'd go back to sleep and then I'd go to work and, you know, she'd get up and take the baby, but I don't remember any of this cluster feeding stuff. Like it was all pretty routine. You know, every yeah. two to three hours you'd feed this kid, you know, they say like in the beginning and I, oh, I say, they say like 10 websites will say 10 different things. So it's really impossible to right. get a handle on what you should be doing. Um, and the lactation consultant says something different from the pediatrician. Like, I don't know. I'm just going with whatever seems to be working and he's gaining weight. But apparently in the beginning, you just feed on demand, which means right. that like my nipples are just out. They're just out. We <laughs> just whenever he's hungry and yesterday, last night and today he's hungry every hour. So here we are. There you go. <sighs> um, the difference between the first and second baby, Nikki, the first one. You know, you're they're getting all the pristine stuff. Like after you <laughs> start weaning him, you're going to be like pureeing carrots uh-huh. and peas and making. You know, you're not going to buy the store bought mashed stuff. No. You're going to make your own. It's got to be oh, organic. I have, I have it. Yeah, um, it won't even. It doesn't. Not even that it's be organic. It, it'll have to be. You know, picked in Rhode Island. You know, that's how picky you'd be. With the second kid, you'd be like, give that kid an Oreo. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like. That's that's what we were like. Like the first kid got everything. Megan's poor Meg, man. It's just like give her a Big Mac. She'll be fine. Yeah, she'll be all right. Yeah, put her in the crib. Throw a throw a stuffed animal in there. She'll be all right. Yeah, she'll be fine. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah, I'm already excited about that because I the like the nervousness of figuring out what to do. We introduced a pacifier today for the first time. <gasps> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it was this yeah. big thing where we were like, do it. Which one do we do? Which and Matt was like, let me go wash it. And I was like, no, I am sterilizing it. Oh. We had one that had a passy and I missed those because it was really cute. And then my oldest, though, was a thumb sucker. Uh, and you can't take a thumb away. Like, nope. that's hard. Like, yep. it took us forever to wean that kid off her thumb. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure she doesn't still suck it. <laughs> How are her teeth? Yeah, they were bad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she had braces, but she had a big old gap between her teeth for a long time. Mm-hmm. Eventually, we had to go get this nail polish that tastes bad. Uh huh. Yeah. And, totally. And put it on her thumb so she would quit sucking her thumb. That's what it took. How funny. It was funny. And, you know, the youngest had a security blanket and a pacifier. So, yeah. Kids, man. I swear someday this podcast will not only be about kids. No, I don't care. I'm just in the thick of it right now. It's better than talking about my fitness because that sucks right now. <laughs> For real? What's happening with your fitness? I mean, so no, same, same, but. No, I was looking at your fitness today. You're back to working out. I got cleared. So I went back to my pelvic floor PT and I, I did a stint with her before I gave birth while I was pregnant. So I like learned how to train appropriately and make sure that I didn't totally jack up my, my abs and my vag more than was already going to be jacked up from pregnancy. Those are really my two goals working out, yeah. to be honest. Don't, don't jack those up. <laughs> I don't want to jack up my abs or my veg. Um, don't, don't. It's hard to come back from that. Um, but I saw her again because I was like, I know I have this six-week clear, you know, check with my OB scheduled and everyone has that. But I can't wait that long. Like my mental health needs something, some clearance to like get my heart rate up. Even if it's just doing like PT style, like bird dogs and dead bugs, like I need to know what I can do now. And the other day I was like, so in my own head that I kind of went for a jog and you're not really supposed to do that. So I was like, I need to see the professional. Um, and she cleared me for like, 
if I can sit on the assault bike and it doesn't hurt, which it doesn't, I mean, I'll lay a towel down because like, you know, let's not test it down there, but, right. um, it doesn't hurt and it gets my heart rate, jacks my heart rate up and I can row and I can walk briskly. Uh, and then she gave me a bunch of ab stuff. So I'm, I'm working on it, you know, back to, well, so I was going to ask about this. So I know we'll end up talking about it, but so I've been getting DMS from people that are trying to get, you know, Ben and I for the other show, shameless plug to, um, talk about working out when you're pregnant. And I was sitting there thinking, well, Ben and I have never been pregnant, either one of us. And I don't know shit about doing it. And this is the one thing I don't know anything about because I wasn't working out in those days. Right. And so that'd be a good thing to talk about. Like, what's the doctor telling you, like, just from a starting point coming off of a pregnancy and postpartum, like, you know, where do they want you to start versus maybe even where you want to start? Yeah, this is really difficult territory. And I would love for you and Ben to do an episode on this and get some professionals to talk about it because it is so incredibly outdated, the standards by which a lot of medical professionals go by the six week mark where all of a sudden you're just clear. And it's so not situational and it should be. And in functional fitness and CrossFit and weightlifting, there are no studies like there's a lot of information on like running in pregnancy, yoga in pregnancy, but when it comes to like weightlifting in pregnancy uh, and postpartum and CrossFit high intensity training, that kind of stuff, there's nothing because it's relatively new and there's still plenty of people that don't think women do that. Right. Um, so there are some really niche professionals who have built their careers around, uh, you know, pelvic floor PT type stuff, uh, pregnant and postpartum exercise specifically. Uh, Brianna Battles is a really good resource. I know I've mentioned her name on the pod- the podcast before. I bought her program when I was pregnant. Um, and it's it's just some medical professionals will look at you and be like, yeah, yeah, you're, you know, you're fine to whatever you've been doing pre-pregnancy, keep doing. But in the same breath, they'll be like, well, we tell pregnant women not to lift more than 25 pounds. And then and then you magically you give birth and then you right. magically get to the six week mark where you're cleared to quote unquote, go back to exercise. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? Like, when can I get right. under a barbell again? At what percentage of my old one rep? You know, there are people who talk about your heart rate and that's way outdated. We've learned, but there are still plenty of doctors that go by that. So it's just so much misinformation that I personally found finding a niche like you know, this is a program for crossfitters or for weightlifters that specifically deals with pregnancy and has a lot, has someone at the helm that has a lot of certifications or that is a pelvic floor PT or some combination of the two. That was the magic recipe for me. Um, and it's just a shame, man. It's a shame that doctors aren't up on that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. I don't know if that's just the American health system. And I don't know if the, any Europeans that listen to this are going to DM and go, yeah, gee, your American health system sucks, but it really doesn't. Exactly. But they're, but in their parts that do, but you know, parts that don't, but it is disappointing to me that we're still in an age where, you know, the doctors are all so in different camps on what they count as exercise. Yeah. You know, it's like, so they tell you, Oh, just go back to doing what you're doing before with no idea what you were doing before. They just think, Oh, well, she's a woman. She was probably walking around the block. <laughs> Jazzercising and, and doing jazzercise. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yep. She's, doing, she's doing aerobics. You know, it's like, come on. I know. I know. And, and like the number of people who said to me, like, don't worry, like your body will, your body will tell you, you know, you'll downregulate before you do anything that could be harmful for your baby. I was like, 
bitch, like I made the last 10 years of my fitness career out of right. not knowing when to stop. Like the whole point of high intensity training yeah. is pushing past that point. You're like, I'm going to give myself rhabdo just to prove a point. Come well, on. Like, I didn't, I didn't know. I did not. <laughs> my body did not tell me when to stop because I have been training for 11 years to push past the point yeah. of wanting to stop. So like that, that advice doesn't help me either. Like that me. No. Well, we, we are going to do an episode on it for whatever it's oh. worth. And we have, um, we have a coach that has, has had several babies that are going to, awesome. that's going to come on and talk about it. But for me, it's just an interesting topic. And I think for CrossFitters, like I, I think of all the elite athletes that have had babies lately, which is, I think a great story, but there's also, for me, there's a little bit of a, a relatability disconnect because I think of someone like Kara or Annie who are spectacular and, and, but I also know they're games athletes and what they, they can do everything three times as well as us normal humans. For sure. You know, so to think like they come back and, you know, six months later, they're back to lifting, you know, whatever their RX was. And I just, I just hate the thought of, um, you know, other, you know, CrossFitters out there having babies thinking, Oh, if I'm not back to where I was six months later, I'm a failure. And I just don't think that's true. Like I, no. you know, I, I don't know anything about working out after baby, but I've seen babies being born twice. And I can tell you it's as traumatic to your body as any major injury you could ever have. Yeah. So I, I just can't imagine how you could come back quickly from it. No, but. I think that's a, that's a huge, that's a really good point. Um, and I think if, if anyone hasn't heard our, our episode with Annie, when she had her baby, after she had her baby, it's worth going back and listening to because she had a really traumatic birth and she's been very open over the last year about not being back to where she was in whatever amount of time she originally wanted uh, you know, it took her a long time to come back. So I think that's a huge point, John, is like afterwards giving yourself some grace to figure out what your timeline should be based on what you went through. And it's not going to be the same as someone else. Again, just like the postpartum stuff, like such different experiences, yet such a shared experience. So weird. Well, and you, you know, there's so, you know, a couple of different ways you can have the baby as well that impacts your body. So if you have a oh, cesarean totally. section, it's a much different impact to your body physically than if you have you oh, know, yeah. a quote unquote natural birth. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Is, it's yeah. major abdominal surgery. I mean, yeah. some women can't drive or walk upstairs for weeks. Like the fact that I can sit on an assault bike at three weeks postpartum is a big deal. Like that is not going to be everyone's story. I did had super minimal tearing. I was at a tiny baby. Like it just happened. Um, but there are plenty of women who for 12 weeks aren't going to feel comfortable moving their bodies and that's totally fine too i just needed something i just needed to sweat and needed like to jack my heart rate oh it's funny i saw the video of you on the assault bike and you had the towel you mentioned oh yeah and i noticed it and i laughed for a second and i thought man i didn't even consider that you would have to do that but it totally makes sense you know it's uh, like yeah, it's protecting my perineal what do you oh, call that taint i'll just say taint <laughs> You have to bleep that out. <laughs> Sorry. No, I don't think that's that's okay. I, okay. It's, it's not like you not like you took the Lord's name in vain, Nikki. Oh, of course, that would be so much worse. Yeah. No, you're allowed to say that. You can say taint, hoo ha. Uh, we, we can. I can give you a dozen words you could say for that. That's Is there another about. word for taint? I think it's called perineum. Gooch. That's the other word for it. Gooch. No, cooch. Hooch. Gooch. 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 Carry your gooch. Before. You never well, heard I that? Need to protect my gooch. Uh, yeah. 
so that it is gooch down there. Yeah. Well, um, I think everyone knows what taint means. So that's fine. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, and I actually was thinking about buying like a comfortable bike seat. That's something mm-hmm. our buddy Joel, uh, who's as many reviews as possible, had posted a little while ago, like a really comfortable bike seat he bought off Amazon and put on his assault bike. And I was like, hmm. Oh, I think the assault bike seat's pretty comfortable compared to the rest of the bike. It's just fine. It's <laughs> facts. <laughs> totally true. You know? Totally true. Totally true. And now I need to like broaden my bike situation and my, uh, my run walk situation. Yeah. Yeah. Like I got to get like a C2 bike and I got to get like an assault air runner so that, cause I can't run. I got to walk. Right. So that thing sucks. feels like you're walking uphill. I got to get all the things so I can get. Sounds like you need back. to send a DM over to a saw bike and see if you can uh, get some deals rolling. I, I, I rode my saw bike at home two days ago. I hate that thing. I still hate it. As soon as I got on it, I'm like, yep, still don't like it. Still terrible. Same. Same, but I'm thrilled to be on it. So I'll like, I'll like sprint 10 calories and then I'll do some like bird dogs and then I'll like sprint 10 calories and then I'll do some like laying on my back, breathing, marching type things, like some PT movements. And I'll just kind of run through that circuit a few times a week. Well, I'm glad you're back into it. That's good to yeah. hear. Well, I'll, I'll do some research and we'll, I'll bring someone on so you can listen and maybe we can drop some knowledge bombs on pregnancy. It won't be me. It'll be whoever the guest is. I'll just, that. I'll ask them about their taint just for you though. Thank you. Please do. I would love that. I would love to listen to that on, uh, on the scale and bail podcast. And can I just shameless plug it for a second? Sure. Knock yourself okay. out. If you haven't listened to John's other podcast, not his favorite, this is his favorite, but if you haven't listened to John's other podcast with Ben from Wad Prep, you should. And as someone who is very, I'm very picky about my content right now because I'm consuming a lot of it while I'm a, a dairy cow. Um, I just, I don't know, John, like you and Ben, like you're, you sound awesome. And I love the, the topics that you guys are covering. And I love how chill you are. It's like that podcast scale and bill is like the perfect amount of like, I'm interested because I'm a CrossFitter, but also I like to get to know you guys. And also it's like not stressful and doesn't like raise my blood pressure. And like, it's just chill. And I like, it feels like I'm hanging out with my friends. Well, so here's the genesis of that. So, uh, you know, Ben's been on the show with us a number of times. And so I've known Ben for a long time. You know, we, we chat from time to time and he's about as smart a coach as I've ever met. Sure. I mean, he just, he, he knows, you know, he's, he's just a wee babe. He's 30 years old, but he, he, he's forgotten more about CrossFit, you know, or the specifics of movements than I will probably ever know, you know, and he's a hell of a good athlete on his own. Oh yeah. And uh, so his company wide prep, they have this huge masters group, just this gigantic group of masters that get together. And so he and I were talking, I'm like, you know, I have, I've always wanted or I wish I had a resource when I started CrossFit to tell me all the things I shouldn't be doing. That was my biggest complaint looking back is I just made mistake after mistake after mistake. And I didn't have like someone holding my hands through all those issues. And Ben knows what all those mistakes are, you know? And so I approached him and I'm like, Hey, I think there's a market for people my age that are working out and for new CrossFitters that don't know what the hell they're doing or both, right, where we could help people. 
And, and I'm like, does Wad Prep have a podcast? He's like, nope. I'm like, you need one. And he's like, well, I don't think anybody would want to listen to me. I'm like, I think they would. I think you're oh, smart. Yeah. Let's, let's try it. And, yeah. um, you know, they don't, these things don't take that much time to do. And, you know, I, I have no life. So what's one more thing in my life? And, uh, so yeah, so that was the genesis of it. And it's been a lot of fun so far. You know, the, the most fun part for me has been similar to what we get here. It's just a much different experience for me is people messaging going, Hey, could you talk about this? I want to know more of, I think yeah. with, with this show, you know, it's, it, bec- it becomes about our lives and the athletes and talking about like the things that are going on in their lives, it's more of a lifestyle thing. And I really like that. I like that for me, this is, this is the more fun show, Nikki, but, yeah, um, or at least to, you know, just talk and produce and that sort of thing. But scale and bail has been fun because people are actually messaging and asking to learn things. And when we talk about something, they seem really appreciative and so the kind of the early feedback has been really fun for us. So I love it. Yeah, I love it. Good. Um, and if also speaking of content, if anyone has any other podcast and or show recommendations, send them my way because I'm trying to kill a lot of time these days <laughs> overnight on the couch, on my phone. And uh, I I haven't landed on and there's nothing I like I'm interested in. We're rewatching all the Harry Potter movies right now. Oh, That's the only oh. thing I can get behind. At the I love moment. them all. Right, They're so good. And it's like, it's a perfect amount of like adventure without raising my blood pressure. They're so good. <laughs> I've watched all of those movies. This is the perfect time of year too. As you go into fall, mm-hmm. um, this, is, this is the time to watch them, right? Totally. As you're going into October, you know, September, oh, yeah. October. Spooky oh. season. Yeah, they're so good. We already decided that we're going to make him, we're going to make Hunter a mandrake for Halloween. Oh, uh, I want to see. Uh, so cute. He's so cute. Biased, but he's cute. Oh, no, he's, he's a cutie. He is cute. Remember, we were playing, I thought of you this week because we were playing some game at work. We were at lunch. And on Mondays when we're all together, we just like to get together and just chat. And you know, so we don't see, you know, we all work remote, so we don't see each other very often. Oh, yeah, yeah. And we were playing this game and, and, the game would ask you, it was, um, I forget what the name of it was, but basically you'd, it'd give you a scenario and then everybody'd have to guess how much money it would take you to do that scenario. So the oh scenario would be like, you go on public transit and you just reach over without saying a word and grab someone's hand, you know, hold their hand. How much would it cost for you to do that? You know? And one of the scenarios though, was to look at someone's baby and go, well, better luck next time. Oh, <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, it's like, oh, that would be so brutal. Or no, it was you can't win them all. That was oh. it. Can't win them all. Oh. I was like, but. Yeah, but there, aren't there some people you totally want to say that to, though? There are some babies that are not cute. Your baby's They're very not. cute, but there are some babies that are not cute. I know. And I'm like, I'm fully willing to admit that, like, he's cute in the spectrum of, like, newborns look like sad, old, wrinkly men, period. Hmm. Like, I get that. Usually. Yeah, they usually yeah. do. Yeah. So he's he's still in there. He's not like a Gerber baby. Well, I mean, I guess technically, literally, he is. He's literally a Gerber baby. Right, yeah. But He's adorable. What are you talking about? He's so cute. Lucky he's cute because he kept me up all night. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> I'm one of those people, though. I, I genuinely, I love babies so much. Like, they're just all adorable to me for the most part. But occasionally, I'll see one. I'm like, oh, this girl worked for me once. She doesn't work for me anymore, and I know she won't hear this, so it's fine. <laughs> But she she showed me her baby and this baby was not cute. Like, oh, 
I mean, just straight up ugly. I'm sorry. This baby was ugly. Oh, damn it. And I had to fake it. And I, I did a good job. Hopefully oh, she'll never hear this. But a baby. Oh no. He he I don't know what he looked like, but it wasn't a baby. He Oof. was not cute. Damn. Not even a little. Well, can't win them all. Can't win them all. Yeah, he was not he was not good. So what else do you guys have going on? What's next for you guys? Matt's back at work. You're not Matt's at work for a while. So you're just no. figuring it out, figuring it out. I think the next big thing will be like, I'll see where I'm at at my six week uh, check in with my, all my medical professionals and then hoping to get back under barbell. You know, I'll start scaling and bailing the way that I did when I was still uh, very pregnant and then working back in and seeing how that goes. Well, we we have probably a good five to six weeks before I got to start pressuring you to interview actual guests. So take okay. your time. We've got we've got uh, some content lined up. I got a lot of stuff recorded. I got a lot of good stuff. So after this one, we'll have Aaron from Fit Aid, who sent you a onesie. I noticed. Um, sent us two, uh, like a newborn one and a zero to three. Cause you never know. Some babies are born right. huge. Right. <laughs> we had the opposite problem, but some babies are born at like nine or 10 pounds and they don't even wear newborn clothes. But, um, yeah, fit aid, we're a fit aid family. I think anyone who follows us on Instagram knows. Um, so we, we have the recurring orders and I think Matt has to physically restrain himself from having more than one a day. Oh, I, I drink multiples a day. I, I told Aaron, I probably said it in the interview. This is a good interview. So I'll give you the cliff notes. Yeah. We talked about, uh, I asked him about the monster sponsorship. So that's in there. And I thought he was, he had some great commentary around, um, you know, what that means for CrossFit and what it says about the organization. Um, the most interesting part of the conversation for me, that's kind of at the end of end of it. At the beginning of it, though, we talked a lot about the fires in California yes. uh, a year ago. He lost his, his entire, entire house. He had a couple of homes and uh, lost it all, like lost everything. And so he spent a lot of, we spent some time talking about that. It was really impactful. Like he's just, he's a really wise dude. Yes. yes. Um as we talked about that, we talked about the culture of his company. They have a really interesting culture. And for me, it was fun to get to catch up with him because he was the second guest on this podcast, uh, PN. So pre Nikki, uh, he was, Ew, the, but nice. <laughs> yeah, he was the, like, he was the guest I had right after Glassman, yeah. you know? And, uh, you know, I, I've never gone back to listen to it because it's probably a horrible interview thinking back on it. But, uh, this one, I hope's a little better and he was great. And, um, yeah, so I think everybody will enjoy hearing it. And then after that, you know, over the next few weeks, I think we've got Sam Dancer coming up. Hey. Which is fun. Talks about his new foundation. Um, had uh, a master's athlete from New Zealand who has like the most amazing accent. And I talked him into going to Cracker Barrel, which was even better. Hey. And he did. Most importantly. He did too. He sent me a text message from Cracker Barrel and said he it was the only meal he ate that day because he was so stuffed. Oh, good. Of course. Did he do grits the right way? He did. Didn't oh, yeah. I taught, I taught him how to do it. Good. And uh, we had uh, Maggie Perrin, who's a um, uh, semi-athlete who uh, trains with um, Sam Briggs was nice. on. So we've got, you know, a lot. I think a lot of cool interviews coming up. Awesome. You know, not the same without you, but. But uh, I still love, I love to hear him. I do. And I'm, yeah. I'm forever grateful that you were able to catch up with those people in and around games because I was 
very pregnant and very busy on the broadcast. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that again because that kept me hopping during the games. I didn't like working that hard. That's a lot of work, man. Yeah, I might never do that again because my feet were so swollen. <laughs> you got some great pictures out of it. I, the games reposted you this week, an amazing photo yeah, so of you standing sweet. under the bleachers. And did you notice the guy in the forefront of that photo was... Uh, um, Dimitri Klokov. Yeah, Klokov. Yeah. I didn't notice it at first, which is like embarrassing because I, I have worked with him in the past, back in the day when I worked for Again Faster, and he's my Russian bud. So. Right. I like know him and have worked with him. I didn't even realize it was him at first until everyone started tagging him. And I was like, Oh snap. Hey friend. Yeah. Well, I, I saw him there. Like I was probably right there when they took that photo and they, you know, they cropped me out, go figure. And, uh, he walked past me and somebody goes, Oh, there's Klokov. And I've talked to him a couple of times. So I wanted to go talk to him. And when he walked past, he's like a mountain. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not, that guy's gigantic. I'm not talking. He scares me. Like I'm talking to that big dude. He's yeah. seriously like monstrously big. He's a large man, but also yeah. like very, very sweet and kind. Yeah. Well, I get, I got that impression. The few times I've talked to him, I've gotten the impression he's super nice. But I just thought it was really cool. Like he's in the forefront and there's you with your hand on your belly. And it's like perfectly framed. I'm like, this is a great photo. You need it to, cool. you need to print it and stick it on a wall somewhere. This is awesome. Put it in the nursery. Be like, this was your first time at a CrossFit event, baby. You should. This is what your mom had to go through to bring you into this world. So show some respect. You know, looking back on it, I still, it's like wild to imagine that like games happened. Matt and I got home on Monday. I was induced on Thursday. Like we really wasted no time. (laughs) I know. Let's not do that again. You're lucky you didn't have the baby there. Yeah, I'm, that was stressful. Let's not do that again. Yeah, don't do that again. Well. Good times, good memories, mm-hmm. good memories for sure. All right. Well, it's been fun as usual. Yeah. Our first uh, kettlebells and cocktails conversation. I love it. I love Matt came in uh, in the end and saved me. So now we both have drinks. Uh, people have been messaging. We will be doing merch. Uh, Nikki yes. and I have not connected to talk about it, but we will be doing it. We're, I just, we got to figure out what it's going to be because we want to do it right. But we have some great logos. Yeah. I think. Yeah, they look so good. I'm so excited. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, so we'll be doing merch very, very soon. We just got to work out the details. So keep your eye out for that. And then we'll get back on a regular cadence, um, you know, after we get, I think we'll probably have like maybe five more episodes like this where it's us and then, you know, second half something from the games and then we'll be back interviewing people. No time yeah, flat. So perfect. That'll be that. All right. Well, fun as always, Nikki. And uh, tell Matt I said hi. Hug the baby for me. And uh, for everyone listening, appreciate you guys joining. And uh, we'll be kicking it over to Aaron from FitAid so you guys can check that out. And uh, Nikki and I will chat with you guys soon. Hey, guys, we're back. Back in the festival. CrossFit Games Live. You can hear the crowd. It's kind of in between events, I guess, because it's busy. But this is going to be a fun episode. We're going way back in time. You Episode uh, two. Episode two. So uh, Aaron, uh, owner of FitAid, is with us. So uh, when I was in 
Santa Cruz or Scotts Valley to interview Glassman for our very first episode. We dropped in on you, and you were nice enough to sit down with us there in Fit Aid. That's right. You t- turned me on to Focus Aid and got me addicted that day, I yep. might add. Yeah. It's running through my veins now. <laughs> and uh, now here I am, 157 episodes later. I don't know what episode number this will be and by the time 4, we get And 4,000 memes later. 4,000, uh, no, like 10,000 <laughs> 10, memes later. 10,000 memes, okay, 10,000. And, and probably 4,000 Focus Aids later, because yeah. I drink a lot of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and here you are. How are you, man? I'm doing great, brother. I'm living the dream. I still kind of have my voice left, but yeah. it's a little crackly. You yeah, and all the fun you can stand here at the games? Yeah, I mean, I we had our traditional, you know, sit down with uh, Chris Hinshaw yesterday, and we polished a bottle of tequila bullshitting <laughs> over the early days of CrossFit, so that was a ton of fun. Yes, uh, man. I saw him. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. He came on the podcast not that far back, and uh, literally... No offense to your episode two, but it was probably the best episode we've ever done. Oh, like, he's incredible! And we yeah. didn't talk; he just told stories. Yeah, for no, an he's hour. got so many good stories. Oh, and it, I mean, his base of knowledge. I mean, talk about who, what other coaches there that has more champions? You know, no, oh, yeah. I don't think anybody. He he's worked with every top athlete there is. Yeah, he he spent time talking about Frazier and like just getting that insight into the mind of a champion yeah. was. It was invaluable. It yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I know. Hearing his Matt stories and then the attention to detail of over all the little teeny things that's right. just, you know, shaving seconds off of workouts. It's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, Next level. I feel good now knowing he drinks tequila, though. That makes me happy. Oh, I love yeah, tequila. yeah. Good tequila, for what, sure. What, what was it? Uh, let's see. We had a little Don Julio Anejo. Oh, that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah. What do you think of the Rock's new tequila? Uh, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I had a shot on my birthday a couple of days ago of, of the Rocks tequila. Yeah, I like it. He's hawking that right and left, though. I, but he's one of the rare celebrities I follow just because I like him. I just think he's funny. He's likable. He's very likable. Yeah. And yeah. he'll probably be president someday. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, he started hawking that stuff. I'm like, all right, well, I'll go buy a bottle. I like tequila. Why yeah, not? totally. It's good. It's good yeah. stuff. I've heard, uh, I've met Kevin Hart a couple, you know, a couple times, and uh, he, he, you know, he's obviously good friends with, with DJ, he calls him. Right. And uh, he's got some funny stories about it, too. He's, well, your product mixes well with tequila, for the record. Uh, yeah, well. Very, very well. We I've, may or may not bring bottles of premium vodka and tequila with us to the lab just to make sure that that's the case. I'm, I'm sure you do, because uh, I, who was I with? Somebody said to me, they're like, oh, my God, I had a... Fit Aid Margarita. I'm like, is this the first time you've done that? Because I've had a shitload of Fit Aid. Matter of fact, at the, the Fit Aid after party two years ago, I think I drank my weight in Fit Aid Margaritas. Uh, or you could do the liquid Adderall, which is a, a little Focus Aid and uh, vodka. Yeah, that's a yeah. That would be a bad mix for me. <laughs> Not a vodka guy. Oh no, I love I love vodka. And oh, I love okay. Focus Aid. It oh, would be a go. bad mix for me because I'd probably just drink myself into a stupor. It's like upper and downer at once. You stay neutral. You know, uh, Nikki and I just announced on the show. I don't don't know if I've told you. We're changing the name of the podcast. To, really? Yeah, to uh, kettlebells and cocktails. Nice. Maybe I need to do a regular segment with Fit Aid just around cocktails. I think all your guests need to have a cocktail in hand as the interview. Well, maybe so. You know, we have you know we have some people who don't drink. But to your point, you know, it's fitness and fitness and uh, cocktails. I think maybe we can we can start putting together some recipes. We'll sure, be, we'll be your test market. How about that? Yeah. Uh, 
I'm I'm game. Whatever you need, that'll yeah. be good. Yeah. So how's your experience of the games been so far? It's been great. The energy's good. Um, you know, obviously the new regime is is making a lot of changes. They're very open to uh, to listening and 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 feedback from the community, and it's great. You know, I've, I'm more optimistic now than I've ever been uh, about the future of the sport and where you know the trajectory. Well, you've been in CrossFit since. How long? Forever. Let's see. I met Orion in CrossFit North Santa Cruz in 2009, and I had started trading there in 2008 or seven. So yeah, long time. You guys are the in CrossFit years. It's like yeah, almost the very beginning. There are very few of us that make it a decade. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, that was the original gym. This was before, so CrossFit North Santa Cruz was kind of a BS name because it was in Scotts Valley. <clears throat> and this is before HQ even had a gym at HQ. So this is where everyone from HQ used to go train. Yeah. NSC, OG, uh, a lot of OG CrossFitters there, Ronnie Boosie and, and uh, gosh, who else is there? I, there's a bunch of bunch of people that's early, early days of CrossFit. So when you guys you know saw it at the time, and, you know, we talked about it the last time you were on, just you know, kind of the void in, in uh, you know, good recovery drinks within CrossFit. Did you ever dream it would become this for you? I mean, you guys are the name and CrossFit Yeah, I mean, I, I actually did because I just, I always dream big. And right. when we first launched, you know, people would say, oh, maybe someday Coke will buy you guys out. And I said, well, maybe we'll buy them out. You know? Right. Like, um, I've always been a big dreamer and it's just awesome to see, you know, things manifest over time and just a lot of hard work. We've got a great team and everybody's been executing on a real high level and it's just amazing to see, especially at this event where, you know, I rewind, you know, to our very first CrossFit games in 2000, I think, uh, 12-ish, somewhere in there where we're literally sneaking product in and schlepping it through the back door and right. just to show up and have the team have everything dialed and it's just running real smoothly. I'm like, wow, it's just come a long way. And then I can do, you know, what I do best, which is kind of more schmooze and, right. and you know, help nurture the relationships that we've developed over the years and uh, and the team's just doing a great job executing. Well, now you got the whole pavilion up front. you got uh, the teams kind of on both ends of the... Of the uh, this this building handing out cans, yeah, which is amazing. Cans and hands. That's I've right. seen so many cans and hands. Like particularly sitting in this uh, this creepy van <laughs> for the last couple of days. Like I just, you get to watch people walking by, and they're just like kind of streaming by with fit aid cans and hands. It's pretty funny. Yeah, well, that's we we've got our new strawberry lemonade, uh, you know, that we launched. So a lot of people getting to try that for the first time, which is pretty cool. Oh, I'm love. Matter of fact, uh, you guys were nice enough to send me a few cans of that, and it came with a pair of sunglasses, and mine were pink for whatever reason. And I've been wearing those things like crazy all weekend. <laughs> people are like, "Why are you wearing the pink glasses?" I'm like, "Because first of all, they're awesome." Yeah. Right. Sweet. And they were sent to me, so I'm gonna wear them. Like I'm, you know, pink's my color. Like Shout it. out to Gooder for uh, hooking us up with those for those uh, sample packs. Oh, they're they're great, dude. Com yeah. com all the new stuff you guys are doing are great. The dream, the dream aid. Dude, it works great. I so many people have come up to me this weekend. And they're like, "Oh my god, that dream aid saved me." Yeah. It's it's a powerful product. That and Focus Aid for me are like you can feel how efficacious they are immediately. Like yeah. if I'm feeling like I need to take a nap, I drink a Focus Aid. Twenty minutes, twenty five minutes later, I'm like, boom, right back in the zone. And for Dream Aid, 
you better plan on getting a good eight hour sleep because yep. if you wake up short of that, you'll be like, oh man, what did I take? It feels like a, you know, it puts you out. Yeah, I have not been getting my eight hours here in Madison, not even close. No, I'm getting like neither have I. Three to four hours, and <laughs> I do not feel good right now. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I probably did 22 shots of tequila last night. Oh, my God. <laughs> between, or if you, between the day and night, we went out to dinner, uh, pig in a fur coat. Have you, have you hit that spot yet? No, not oh, yet. Oh, man, it's amazing. Guy's just a master chef studying in Italy for years. Right. Um, I'm so stoked he made it through the pandemic. We've hired him. We've had him cater for us and just solid human being and incredible restaurant doing foie gras and venison oh. and like all kinds of good stuff. It's like, we, so. we went to Gray's and I got a, a burger that was made out of brisket and bacon and something else. Like it was all, you know, blended meat, not strips of bacon. And it was in duck fat, and it was fatty and greasy and so good. Oh, yummy. Oh, my God. It was it's so keto, good. bro. Yeah. <laughs> not, not with everything else I had with it. Yeah. Absolutely not keto. Uh, I don't keep ketoing. I'm too over that shit. I don't. I don't do it's it. challenging to do. You didn't realize how much there's carbs hidden in everything. My parents do keto, though. I tell you, you know, I, I turned them on to it. My mom had a little health scare, and she wanted to lose some weight. I'm like, to keto, and, and so I turned, got the CrossFit Health people to send her some resources, and she kicked it in, and man, that worked like totally, just like that. And it's a great anti-cancer yep. regimen to you know go keto or intermittent fasting, like you know cancer feeds off of sugar, so to yep. be able to you know knock that out, um, you know at least like once a quarter, do a three-day fast, something right. like that, or or I've been really focusing on not you know tightening up my window where I eat, so I'm only eating from like lunch to a early dinner and then yep. fasting the rest of the time that's been helpful as well i do the same i um i mostly intermittent fast some days i don't but in usually like six days a week i typically am yeah and um and i'm working out in the evening so i don't feel like i'm dying in a workout early without food you know i like to eat before i work out but um i'll i'll fast till 12 or 1 typically yeah and then you know my window will be you know 12 to Six six thirty, you know, like kind of a tight little window to get it all in. And I, I for me, I, I feel like I got better mental clarity. I just feel better, feel lighter. I mean, I don't constantly feel stuffed. And you know, there's only so much you can eat anyway. So it's like you put it in that window, you're not going to overeat. So right. It's kind of perfect for me. Good. Well, you're looking like in great shape. Yeah, I don't no. know about that. I'm I'm in okay shape. I'm feeling bloated and exhausted from all the alcohol <laughs> this week. I hear that. But, totally. Uh, I'll be back on the program on yeah. Monday. Like I give my, I give myself grace during weeks like this. You have to. Yeah. You know? No, I typically am not a big boozer, but right. you know when you're here and you see everybody, there. Yeah. We have certain expectations of us and the and our company right. from our history. So oh yeah. Someone's got to live up to those expectations. Well, you, you may have the coolest facility. Are you guys in that same facility? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got that big bar right in the middle of your. We do. Yeah, the old Wrigley Gum Factory. Is where we're at on yeah, the west side of Santa Cruz. You're the first office building I've ever been in. It had a bar right in the office. I'm like, this is awesome. And a gym, so and, and work a gym. hard, play hard. You know? Yeah, the bar's the more important thing, too. <laughs> no, you have a killer gym there. Yeah. Like, really killer gym. Yeah, no, it's a great box uh, designed by Troy Miller, uh, CrossFit owner for years, affiliate owner in Santa Cruz, uh, great contractor. And, yeah, we actually put that together prior to even opening the office. So right. the open... Uh, we did the open after party a few years back 
<clears throat> and uh, so everybody from HQ showed up. And they saw our gym, and then we hadn't even built out the office, so we're having this big party in this. And they're like, damn, you guys just have your own room to party in? <laughs> I'm like, no, nice. we're eventually building an office in here. It's just right. empty warehouse for now. I, I think when I was there last, you guys were building a deck out back? Yeah, yeah, the deck's done. All it's done. gorgeous. Views the ocean, barbecue out there, um, picnic tables. I mean, when you live in Santa Cruz, you got to take advantage of the... Yeah. The weather, and you know, that's why we pay the big bucks to live there. It's just yeah. gorgeous most of the year, and uh, it's part of my morning routine. Is you know, walk down to the beach and do some Wim Hof breathing and some grounding, and just really, you know, take a few minutes to 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 feel the appreciation and and the blessings that we have just for living in such an amazing place and, and yeah it's 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 special that's why there's been so many cool things that have come out of santa cruz i mean for those that don't know crossfit you know originated from santa cruz uh, first crossfit gym you know out of santa cruz o'neill wetsuits you know santa cruz skateboards santa cruz bikes surfboards uh odwala obviously life oh, yeah. aid yeah one thing i love about you and you're always so positive and you're always looking at at you know, the blessings of what you've been given and what's been around you. And even, you know, forget how long ago it was, but you were really impacted by the fires that hit California. And even through that, like your, your personal positive message of dealing with that was, I, I mean, maybe you can expound on how it touched others. But for me, I, I just have to believe you were touching thousands of people. Yeah, I mean, that was a tough one. Um, you know, in August, the, the California, you know, the CZU lightning fire, they called it, um, you know, torched my property of 17 years and, and, and took everything. I mean, you know, three homes and uh, five motorcycles, my yeah. boat, two RVs, my parents' place, like our treehouse, everything gone. And that was it was tough. But look, at the end of the day, we all have... Uh, dogmas that that you know we we buy into right and it's easy to say you believe a certain thing but then when the rubber hits the road do you really believe like when you're tested you know do you really believe that life is happening for you not to you you know and I think fundamentally we are all asking ourselves every single day a, a question in the back of our mind and anytime we're hitting a glass ceiling we're answering that question incorrectly and the question is am I a victim you know and anytime you say yes you're going to be hitting a glass ceiling right. um, and I, you know I, I just had to come to terms that I needed the lessons of uh of losing everything. I needed that lesson because the assumption, the in, the inaccurate assumption that I was making is that, hey, any extra money I have, anything I'm going to put, be putting into the property because I have this family compound and that way my kids won't have to go into debt, you know, to, to get a house. I'll have facilities for them. I can take care of my parents. My mom's got Alzheimer's disease, so she lives there. And, you know, I'm building all this thing out in my mind that it will be there forever, that it has permanence. And what I realized is, look, by definition, all material things are impermanent. All material things. You know, this van that we're in right now, it may not be tomorrow or a year from now or 10 years from now, but I guarantee you in 100 years, this thing's going to be dust. Like, right. it, it all burns eventually. And so really letting go the, of, of this fallacy that, you know, that it that material things will be there you know forever and they won't right. but what will be there and i started really thinking about this like what's the opposite of that 
the things that people discount um, their thoughts, words, actions that they think don't have permanence, those are the things that live on forever. Right. You can never unthink something. You can never unsay something. You can never undo something, right? They go on forever. So being very mindful of the inputs, you know, I'm just very mindful of, of my inputs, of the type of people I'm hanging around with, the things that I'm exposing myself to on, you know, social or movies or TV, just like being very mindful. I don't want my mind being hijacked. I don't even watch the news, you know, it's just like, why? There's a war somewhere, there's a famine or f right. plague somewhere. It's like the same shit on repeat, you know, yep. only to put people into fear mode. And when you're in fear mode and scarcity mode, you know, it's really easy to say, yes, I'm a victim because it's outside of myself. It's not my fault. It's COVID's fault. It's not my fault. It's whatever, right? And as soon as you remove that personal responsibility, then you're powerless. Right. And it's truly the new form of slavery. It's truly the new form of slavery is this victim mentality. And it's everywhere. And both the far right and left are really pulling you in to, to be a victim. And it's just, I'm not going to buy into it. I won't let my family buy into it. And I told my kids, I go, look. I know how hard this is. Trust me. You know, we're all living through this together. You, got, you kids have lost you know, everything. You had your own rooms. Now you're you know, living on sofas. And you know, we woke up in the morning. They didn't have anything. No right. clothing. Nothing. Didn't, they weren't able to, to get anything out. They weren't right. home when the fire hit. I said, this lesson is invaluable. And what you're, you, you had the opportunity to learn at a young age... I haven't learned till I'm 45, and you yeah. get to learn it now. So, well, so uh, sounds yeah. like an incredibly powerful message that's been life changing for you and the family. Yeah, yeah. So, I'll rebuild. You know, well, and it, you know the thing that you know also impresses me about you about me, Aaron, is that you carried this over to your business. Like every time I talk to you about your business, like how much of your um, your belief system carries over into how you run it, how you treat your employees. Like, you know, I joke about the bar, but in the gym, but that's designed to give something back that other businesses don't, you know, and, and, you know, just kind of that thoughtfulness about, you know, the people that are going to work here. If you're going to say they're family, you're going to treat them like family. Totally. Is, you know, really powerful. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people say, you know, work-life balance. And I'm like, well, that's bullshit because... There is no work life and home life. It's just life, right? Right. And you have something happen at home with your significant other. It's going to affect work. You have a shitty day at work. It affects when you go home. So it's just life. So how do we make life, you know, livable to its fullest? How do we, you know, create opportunities for people to work within their unique ability and to express themselves to their fullest? ability and and when you invest in people's lives then a strategic byproduct of, of that is they happen to be a lot more creative and productive and you know right. get more shit done and so you know that's it's it's about that kind of nurturing uh the right environment and you know we've got a, a great team and it continues to grow and evolve and we're just you know super blessed that uh we've got some high performers that are getting shit done and taking a lot of things off of my my plate and orion's plate how do you source for that like to find people that will fit into this uh culture and environment that you're building because it's not like i hire people i got 100 employees man i hire people every day it sucks it's hard like, yeah. how do you find them yeah good question i mean we always look 
to the internal team to say, hey, you guys are rock stars. You don't have any friends or family. So we take that. Um, we weigh that heavily if, if we get a recommendation internally. But a lot of it is marketing. I mean, it's um, we've got a great list, you know, our direct-to-consumer and direct-to-gym list, so we can email out to our list. But how do I position that? So, so say, you know, we're hiring um, 10 sales positions right now. It'll be like, um, you know, regional sales opportunity of a lifetime you know is my subject line right. of the ad so people are like oh opportunity of a lifetime what's that all about right. and then really instead of going into what the job entails i'm going into what are the qualities of the human beings we want working here right. you know are you authentic you know hardworking, self-motivated you know trustworthy like you know, like really describing, you know, these are the characteristics right. I can't teach you because I can teach you to do anything. Like, right. it doesn't matter what job it is. Like, anything can be taught, but you can't teach people how to be good human beings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can, but I'd have to rewind them back to Yeah, no, <laughs> I say that often. Like, you got to look for great people. You're not, yeah. you can't, you know, I, I, it's hard to train. You can't train work ethic. You just can't. Like, the people work hard or they don't. You can, you can tell them what you're, expectation is yeah but you know that's people work hard work hard people don't want to work hard aren't going to work hard regardless of what you say yep. and you know it's, it's the same way around personality or their belief system like i can't change your belief system you have i need your belief system to fit into mine and and you're going to buy into it you know you, it's just always hard to find those people you yeah. know that i do always believe that like attracts like totally like, you know like i think that's why i've gravitated towards you and your and your team you know i it's you know similar to the way I think, and and I always respect and like people that are really creative and innovative. And I think what you guys do are creative and innovative and different than what you see out on. The, it's not a copy of what others are doing. Well, the law of attraction is really interesting to me, and if you kind of deconstruct it, um, which I've been putting a lot of thought process around lately, it's like we all have these belief systems, usually. Uh, it's been informed between like zero and seven years old, right? right. When, when we're in download mode, typically by our parents or whoever raised us. Right. And those beliefs create thoughts, you know, these repetitive thoughts that are constantly going on in our head. You know, is, is it, it towards abundance or is it towards scarcity? Is it towards being a victim? Is it towards, you know, being uh, really leading, you know, and, uh, and making decisions that you know are highly impactful in your life? And those thoughts dictate our words, which dictate our actions, and our actions over time equal results. Like people go, oh, you know, I'm having trouble losing weight. It's like, no, 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 you're not having trouble. You don't have bad genetics or anything. You wake up at 5 a.m. every morning, you dial in your diet, you go do your yoga, go for your walk, hit the gym. You do that long enough, you will get results, right? Yep. It's, it's because people are, are, are allowing themselves to get hijacked by this whole victim mentality and making bad decisions like you get results that you're not happy with it's result of decisions that you've made so just look at the decision to make better decisions right so how do we change if we're in a negative spiral this belief system that's basically been set in motion between zero and seven years old there's only two ways you can hijack this this uh this system and it's with the words that come out of our mouth are the actions that we take, you know? So being very mindful of communication, how do I communicate with people? Am I communicating 
around abundance or am I communicating around scarcity? You know, am I using a lot of soft talk or am I using affirmative talk? Soft talk is like the, I might, I should, I could, maybe, right? That's all bullshit. Are you going to do it or not? You know, period. Do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. Like get rid of the soft talk or get rid of the negations. What You know, negations. I can't. I won't. I shouldn't. I couldn't. What are we going to do? You know, let's stick with the affirmative. Because anytime we're focusing on the negations, all we're doing is going down that, that uh, focusing on the very thing we don't want to attract. So, you know, really being mindful of how we communicate. And that's what we do a lot of training with at LifeAid is making people mindful of their communication, how making sure that when we're communicating with each other, we're staying in alignment. Because the breakdown of anything, your marriage and you know your business partnerships, your team is all around getting out of alignment ultimately. And that misalignment, it, uh, you know, coming from my chiropractic background, right. causes issues, misalignment on your vehicle causes issues, misalignment anywhere in life is not right. a good thing. And, uh, you know, getting in alignment, then we can focus on doing the right things and keeping that trajectory going in the right direction. You know, that, that soft talk is, is so interesting to me because I've had a conversation once with, do you know Craig Ritchie at all, Team um, Ritchie? So he's, he's so. a YouTuber and he's a uh. CrossFit-centric YouTuber. He's got a huge platform. He's got, you know, three, 400,000 subscribers on YouTube and he just does this. And where the, all the sounds everybody hears in the background are the buttery bros kind of next to us, right? So he's like, <laughs> the, he's like them. He does the same thing. Like, yeah. you know, just... And has a lot of fans. But he's, I was talking to him once about, you know, building a social platform. And I said to him, you know, how do, I, how do I get to your number? Like, how do I do that? And his response was, well, what number do you want to get to? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He's like, pick your number, say it out loud. That's where you'll get. Yep. And it really resonated with me. And so on that day, I'm like, all right, a million. That's my number. I'm going to get there. So and ever since then, it hasn't been how am I going to get there? It's when I get there. Sure. Right? Absolutely. And, and it's, it's, it keeps you, it's amazing how it keeps you moving forward. Yeah. Meaning you just know you're, you know you're going to reach your goal. You've just got to figure out the time frame. Totally. You know? It's, it's time and so many, uh, and I don't want to overgeneralize it, a lot of the younger generation, be, just by virtue of growing up in this very socially driven, social platform driven um, culture where things are very, you know, everything's swipeable and it's like very quick, very quick. Right. Dopamine hits. It's driven by uh, velocity, like now, 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 now. How quickly can things happen? And it's really the wrong approach because you're not playing the long game if you're, if you're like, want things to happen immediately. You need to focus on trajectory, right? Doing the right things over time. So if you continue to put out good content, and attract the right people to your brand, then over time, that audience will grow because right. you'll continue to attract and those people will like attracts like, right? Right. Um, so it's not, it will happen. It's just a matter of time and having the patience. And that's where people you know, fall short. It's like, oh, I'm doing the things that's not happening. It's like, well, how long have you been doing it for? Like, right. give it some time. You know, patience. I remember my dad used to always tell me growing up, Son, patience is a virtue. I am not a patient person at right. all. You know, I've had to learn this the hard way in life. And, and patience is a virtue, person is a virtue. Literally, it wasn't until like my mid-30s that I actually understood what that meant. To me, it was always just him saying something. But I never internalized or even took the time to really 
sit and think with it and like what does that mean right you know it is a virtue you know it is a virtue and you know being able to be and and it's really a reflection of being present right and not just thinking well what's next what's next what's next which is another challenge for me is like be in the moment be present what's next is not guaranteed you know what already happened already happened so let's just focus on what's right in front of us and uh and live the most you know to live life to that fullest extent it's it's amazing what we get to do as human beings right now in this year i mean you know things are opening back up again we're here at the crossfit games it's amazing the energy's great but just think of like on a macro level like we're so close to energy abundance well what happens when we have energy abundance there's probably no more wars there's no reason for war anymore because that's all based on energy scarcity right and like wow we might solve war we might solve world hunger we're gonna solve you know not might that's soft talk we're gonna you know i i have full confidence like my kids our kids generation is going to see flying cars and you know go to mars and like all this cool shit that we used to see on the Jetsons when we were little kids, you know? Yeah, I, no, I, I've said on this podcast a hundred times that uh, my kids give me hope for the future, that things are going to get better, you know, things yeah. are going to be soft, because I, I hear them talk, and they don't have that soft talk. They know it's, you know, they know what the problems are, and they're going to fix them. Totally. You know? And, and uh, I think they'll get it. Let's, let's talk about the monster in the room. <laughs> well, you said so. You said you know, keeping your eye, keeping your eye, you know, getting people attracted to your product and like attracts like. And I think the the community is attracted to Fit Aid. And I was curious. I was sitting in the Coliseum, and then this big ugly ad for Monster Energy, and which is it's on being in CrossFit for a decade. Yeah. It feels garish, yeah. right? And it, it feels counterproductive to a a fitness business this isn't like this isn't like the x games right right or right. you know something where you got a bunch of skaters this is uh you know this is a fitness company a health company yep right and you guys have been you know the the one product i think people look for when they recover does that worry you guys at all like seeing like a big garish logo and just the kind of the comparison that they're even similar to you guys it doesn't worry us i mean you know we've been around in this community for a decade and you know just walking around how many companies have kind of come and go in that time is, right. is pretty amazing i mean i was looking around and i think it's literally just us and rogue or yeah. you know kind of the la- the ogs that are still around so everybody look is anyone here never heard of monster energy right you know everybody's heard of it we all make choices you want to put that type of product in your body or you don't so we're all adults you know i mean for me if if i owned the brand a crossfit brand which i don't it's this is eric's call and and their team the optics to me are not in alignment coming back to alignment with what crossfit is all about which forever you know greg's big anti-soda campaign for the last 15 years was all around look crappy diets lead to chronic inflammation and chronic inflammation is why all the diseases are going up into the right instead of down into the left and he's accurate he was 100 percent accurate with that so when you have a company that um really 
is not about health. I mean, nobody that's drinking uh, that particular product says, oh, yeah, I'm drinking it for health reasons. Right. They're drinking it because it'll jack you up and they need to pick me up, right? right. Um, it's just not in alignment with, with how I view the brand and being around for quite a few years. So, you know. We're not afraid of competition, right. though. CrossFit's all about it. Let's right. get it on. You know, so it's, a, it's yeah. a great product if you want to punch holes in drywall. <laughs> it's great for that, I think. Yeah. Uh, it just felt weird to me. Like it just looks weird on the way. It just doesn't feel CrossFit. And I, I get what you're saying. I, you know, everyone's heard of Monster, and I'm not naive. There's plenty of people out here that drink it. It just felt weird to me to see athletes holding. You know, I know it was water. I, like I kind of got blown up from people going, "Oh, it's water in the cans." I'm like. Yeah, but if you put water in a Coca-Cola can, it's still the optic of saying this is a company that we support and are behind. Like me personally, I'll just give personal testimony. I only give shout-outs or do sponsorships with companies I use and support. I also only, I always pay for products that I believe in. Like like you should check your ledger seats, by the way. I buy a shit ton of Fit Aid because, <laughs> I, I, lo- because I love it because I, yeah. I believe in you. I believe in your company. I love the product. It's it is great for my recovery. Like, that's my belief system. Support the people that you believe in, Dumb. right? And and so I look at the optics of that and go, I know the bulk of this community does not support what they stand for. Well, if you look at the comments on Dave's post, and you know, I mean, the people have spoken. Yeah, that's you know, that's all you got to. The people have spoken. You're right. You can't put a product even if it's water in a can that says it's not water that is you know basically something else because if you're at home and you know so you're a you know a 10 year old girl that's been following crossfit your whole life you know and you're watching the games and you see one of your hero female athletes on the podium with a, a certain product then that's having an influence, right. you know, and, and even if it is water, I don't know that that's coming through to that individual that's looking at it. So, you know, there's a, there is a brand, right? There's a, this fitness brand that we're all a part of, and I think we need to protect that. You know, this is something special. It's a special community. And uh, I, you know, talking with the, the CrossFit Health folks and stuff, I, I, I think one movement in the right direction, if, if I was running the ship, here would be to make sure that all the products are congruent and they're being run through a health panel. That's what they do over at Spartan Race, you know, when we got our sponsorship there six years ago, you know, they've got a panel of, I think, five or six, you know, nutritionists and medical doctors and stuff, and and they're like, say, okay, this is in alignment with what we stand for, and this product's approved or it's not. So, um, you know, maybe we'll see that type of thing evolve over over time. Well, you're a business owner, so... Give me a brief explanation of this because this is what I saw. I look at it and it goes cash grab, cash sure. grab, right? Yeah. We're going to take and and there's part of me is a also as a business owner who goes look. I understand having to fund something. You got to fund the games. You got to yeah. fund the business. You got to pay people. There's a huge expense that comes with this. As a business owner, though, when you look at going, all right, I have to make a choice and I can cash this check, but there's negative equity that's coming with it, which is people looking at it and comparing it to my brand. Just when you look at fit aid or you know life aid and make those decisions like what's the core decision making that goes into easy easy life aid core value number 10 which any of my uh, team listening hopefully could tell you but it's always play the long game 
know, is this congruent? Like we were talking about earlier, it's all about out of time, right? So if your filter is always play the long game, then those type of things, they just will never manifest because it's it's not about, you know, a short-term injection of cash or anything right. like that. It's all about, you know, what does this look like 10 years from now, 20 years from now? And uh, so that's the filter that we run things through. Well, I do think, you know, Eric's a data guy. I mean, we all know that. And I think he'll put the data together on this eventually. And I suspect this is going to be a blip. That's my guess. But, you know, time will tell. We've seen a lot of crazy things come and go in CrossFit over the years. You know, we used to do a lot of really stupid things in workouts we don't do anymore. Sure. Yeah. Hey, look, Eric's super sharp. The, the the new team's been amazing. The overall direction, you know, they're open to listening. Um, they're, the, the changes they've already made and continue to make, I mean, you know, if you look at a very macro level, yeah. I'd say they're doing nine, th- nine things out of ten right on the mark. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I've been really pleased and enthused by the changes they made. Short of Dave blocking me, everybody else has been Oh, you great. got blocked? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Sweet. Yes, I did. I don't oh, even know that's why. That's hilarious. I don't even know why. Let's get Dave on the podcast. I can't get him on. He ain't talking to me. He ain't talking to me. It's, it's a shame, too, because I really like him. I, and I've loved this games. I think the programming has been spectacular and, and uh, all, you know, kind of always impressed with I what didn't he think does. he, is he following people now? If forever no. he wouldn't follow No, anybody. he wasn't following me anyway. That's what makes it so weird. That's what makes it so weird. Yeah. You can't block something you're not following. That, that was exactly what I said. Why are you blocking somebody you're not following? You know, I, look, uh, I'm sure, I, I get, you know, I get shared a lot. I'm sure people were sharing my stuff and tagging him. Totally. You know, and it was probably annoying because I do a lot of posts. Like, so I get it. That can be annoying. I don't know how you do that, dude. I'm like, how does this guy think of this many well, memes? the running joke, I'm surprised you haven't heard it. People ask me that. I've said it on the air multiple times. They're like, how do you do it? I'm like, ADD and focus aid. Like, there I put those go. things yeah. together and I'm off to the races. You know, like. You should write a book or something. You've got this creative mind. I got about eight chapters monetized. done. I got eight chapters. Yeah. Okay, good. I've, I've been working on one for a while. I just. Uh, you know, it's kind of like everything else. You try, you know, you try to decide: do you play it out to the end and finish the book when you're done, or do you, you know, you do, you know, first edition. Here's where I am now, and yeah. and keep going. It'll sure. probably be that. But uh, you know, I got a real job and kids, and you know how this goes. And you mean you got a job other than it's create witty memes? Hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> hard to believe people trust me with employees' paychecks and and uh, real life and a real job and. Uh, and fortunately for me, it pays real well, so I, you know, I don't have to do this full time, and it, it doesn't censor me. So that's the best part. That's the best part, totally. You know, it's like I, as much as I would love to be able to do CrossFit stuff full time, I think there's part of that 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 gets you sen- you censor yourself because you're afraid of cutting off your own paycheck. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. that was the mentality for a lot of years. You know, around yeah. here, there's kind of you know we're a little fear based, and and I see that really being freed up where people are able to now express themselves without. You know, fear of blowback, yeah. and and uh, that's how you have positive change. You know, yeah. the obstacle is the way, as Ryan Halliday would say. Well, that, and you know, I want to make sure both these girls are able to go to college. So that's a, yeah. a big key thing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Aaron, I won't keep you too long. I appreciate you spending some time. time yeah, but always a pleasure. Always, always fun to catch you. We'll bring you on uh, 150 episodes from now again. Perfect. We'll, we'll try to do it Look every to it. every two years, or the next time I get out in California. Cool. All right, brother. Thank you. All right. Well, everyone listening, I appreciate you guys joining, and I will chat with you all soon. Later.